after he had quitted the ship, being desirous to know the feeling of the ship's company towards him, I asked my servant what the people said of him. Why, sir, he answered, I heard several of them conversing together about him this morning, when one of them observed, Well, they may abuse that man as much as they please, but if the people of England knew him as well as we do, they would not hurt a hair of his head, in which the others agreed. This was the more extraordinary, as he never went through the ship's company but once, immediately after his coming on board when I attended him. And he did not speak to any of the men, merely returning their salute by pulling off his hat. And in consequence of his presence, they suffered many privations, such as not being allowed to see their wives and friends, or to go on shore having to keep watch in port. And when he left the ship, the only money he distributed was 20 Napoleons to my steward, 15 to one of the underservants, and 10 to the cook. It may perhaps be interesting to give a slight sketch of the principal persons who accompanied Bonaparte to the Bellerophon, premising that I do not pretend to be minutely correct in the view I took of them, the trying circumstances in which these unfortunate men were placed being such as required more than common temper. And I think it very doubtful whether in the same situation English men would have maintained equal forbearance. Count Bertrand was a man of about 44 years of age, 5 feet 10 inches in height, of a slight make and prepossessing appearance, his manners extremely placid and gentle, though evidently warm of temper, and showed himself rather hasty in his conduct to Sir George Cockburn about searching the baggage, as Sir George was not acting upon his own authority, but by the directions of his superiors, and was inclined to conduct himself with as much consideration as his orders would admit. He was an affectionate, attentive husband, and much attached to his children. The Countess Bertrand was then of a tall, slight figure. Her maiden name was Dylan. Her father was an Irishman in the French service, who lost his life during the Revolution, and was related to Lord Dylan. Though perhaps a little warm, she has undoubtedly many excellent qualities. She showed herself to be a kind mother, an affectionate wife, and if she easily took offense, she as easily forgot it, and any little dispute that occurred between her and me was amply atoned for by the frank and affectionate manner in which she took leave when we were about to part, perhaps forever. They had, at the time I speak of, three fine children, two boys and a girl, the eldest boy about five years of age, who seemed to have a natural turn for the profession of his father, his constant amusement, in which the young lady and little Montalon joined, was forming lines and squares and other military evolutions on the quarter deck. General Savary, Duc de Rovigo, was a tall, handsome man, then about 46 years of age, of a cheerful disposition, and notwithstanding the alarm he was in, lest he should be given up to the French government, he never forgot himself so far as to make use of a rude expression in my presence. He was minister of police after Fouché, 
As a great deal had been said about Captain Wright's death, I spoke to him one day upon the subject and told him it was generally believed in England that he had been murdered. He said, I took much pains in investigating that matter and in ascertaining the cause of his death, and I have not doubt that he cut his own throat in a fit of delirium. Neither Savary nor Lallemand were allowed to accompany Bonaparte to St. Helena, but on the Belrefin's return to Plymouth after transferring Napoleon to the Northumberland, both of them, together with Plinard and the other officers, with the exception of three, were by an order from the Admiralty sent on board the Eurotus frigate, which conveyed them to Malta, from whence, after remaining some time as prisoners in Fort St. Angelo, they were allowed to proceed to Smyrna.